Welcome back. I'm so thankful you joined me. It's episode eight of the You Made New podcast. I'm JC, and I'm just really excited to talk about a few things today that I hope will take off the pressure. I'm a little worried at this point that you're feeling overwhelmed, and I'll explain why. I've been thinking this week about how difficult it is in our world today to stay in a healthy place, mentally, physically. You think about all the pressures that are coming at us from every side. For instance, the internet is an amazing gift, but it introduces introduces us through social media, through articles, through news, through everything. All of a sudden, we're immersed in all these images and messages and um, and so much cultural pressure to look a certain way and be a certain way, and we're flooded with that. And then when it comes to our eating and our health, there's so many temptations and cheap food, and you can't even walk through the checkout line at Walmart without having Reese's assault you and, <laughs> and a McDonald's on every corner. And there's just, there's social pressure. There's everybody's doing it. And there's food everywhere you go at every activity, every party, every group um, gathering. It just can sometimes feel like you're drowning in all of that. At least I felt that way. Um, if we were in a more isolated culture hundreds of years ago, it would be a very different thing when you look at how to see yourself and how to take care of yourself. But today can be overwhelming. Um, and so we, we talk, I, I use the analogy in, in my satisfied course about how we can go from drowning in those deep waters to grabbing Christ's hand and letting him raise us up and show us how to walk on that water. So it doesn't swallow us up and so that we are um, able to not let that conquer us, but that we are the master of those things through his grace and through his power. And it's a beautiful idea. Um, I also love how we've talked about how that can come, not through checking off a religious checklist, not through going the, through the motions of the church life, but through coming to know him to know Christ on a very personal level um, for ourselves. But see, when I say that, that this is the point where we can get overwhelmed, I didn't just mean, mean overwhelmed by the forces of society and the messages of society. I also am very um, sensitive to the fact that we can get overwhelmed by what I'm saying in that saying, come to know Christ and he can rescue you, he can save you, he can help you to reach a new place and come to a new life and, and become a new person. But it's easy to get overwhelmed thinking, JC, I'm already doing as much spiritually as I know how to do or as I'm able to do. I can't fit in anymore. And, and we often, at least I have, have the preconceived idea that when I say, come to know Christ and, and build that relationship that we think, oh, more hours in scripture. And more time on my knees. And I know I'm not doing that great in some of those areas, but I, I don't have it to give. And, and I already, I'm already doing so much. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I'm overwhelmed at that. At finding more time for him when I'm a, a mother and a wife and a coworker and a, a sister and a, a daughter. And I have so much on my plate. JC, I understand what you're talking about, but I just don't think I have any more to give. I'm already giving so much in my religious life already. So this is where I want to hold up a huge stop sign. 
and say, let's just take a deep breath for a minute because I want to be very clear. We're, we're eight sessions or eight episodes into the podcast and I've, I've painted a picture. I've tried to do that, but I really want to be clear that I'm not painting a picture of run faster, do more, add more to your to-do list. And that's the only way to be saved by him. Um, work harder, try harder, more hours, more memorizing scripture, more this, more that. That's not the message I'm bringing to you today. It's not what saved me. In fact, I'm going to just introduce one simple little shift. Just one small change that has nothing to do with a to-do list or, or more to add to your already heavy load. I mean, we all, <clears throat> excuse me, have that, that heavy load in one way or another. I'm not adding to that today. Just a little shift that for me changed everything in terms of coming to know Christ, in terms of being able to finally, for the first time in my life, despite decades as a church girl, for the first time, truly being able to connect with him and access not just his power, but, but truly taste his love for me personally to, to begin to have that all be real in my life. And not just something we talked about on Sundays or read about in the scriptures, but something that was real. I, I've been trying to think of a way to capture this little shift. And I was reading the other day in um, a wonderful little book called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. It's, it's just so power-packed. If you need a short little read that will just revolutionize your life, here's one that I would highly recommend. But he um, presents it in a language that I thought, ooh, that's it. That's how we could capture it in the podcast. That's how we could um, put this shift into words. And we'll talk about it for a minute um, in, in a couple of different ways. But it isn't working harder. As we try to connect with Christ, Tozer sums it up in exercising our faith. And he said, really that faith, as we, become to, as we begin to come to him, here has he, here's how he defines it. He says, faith is the gaze of a soul upon a saving God. The gaze of a soul upon a saving God. It's this inner looking and reaching for him throughout the day. Um, another way he says it is directing our heart's attention to Jesus. No matter what else we're doing, if we're driving in traffic, if we're doing the dishes and changing diapers and, and meeting deadlines at work, whatever it is, inwardly, our heart's attention is, is given to him. We're looking to him quietly. Um, and beginning to turn those inner eyes to him, not just for our 10 minute quiet time in the morning when we've gotten out our Bible and we're reading a few things, not just for a few moments as we get up from our, our knees after a prayer. I mean, it's something we may have done a lot through our life looking to him, but this is going to begin to be a moment to moment abiding, looking the gaze of the soul upon our sweet savior looking to Jesus, directing our heart's attention to him in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of everything else we have to do. It's just a turning inwardly. 
just a watching for him, a looking for him, a, a seeking and reaching out inwardly as I'm in traffic to be aware of him with me as I'm handling that toddler tantrum, to watch for him to be with me and to be there in that moment, in the messy moments, in the, the chaotic moments, the even sinful moments. Yes. How often we try to keep him far from those moments as I'm raging and yelling at my kids for one thing or another. No, it's even in those moments, a, a gaze, help me, be with me, drawing near to him, no matter what is on our plate, in the midst of the spiritual and the secular, the busy, the crazy, the reverent, the, the quiet, all of it. I really used to believe that I could only connect with him when the house was straightened up, the kids were quiet, everybody was settled, and then I'd have a quiet moment of devotion or meditation where I could finally kind of reach him. But the thing is, we need him in the messy moments almost more than in the, the beautiful, cleaned up, quiet moments, right? Those are the moments we're going to tend to binge. When the two-year-old is having the tantrum, if we can't have him with us and have that gaze and know that he's there and, and that looking of our heart to him in that right in the middle of the messiest tantrum, traffic, whatever, boss yelling at us, whatever it is, forgive me, I forgot to turn my phone off. It keeps going off. Then what good is he to us? Because... I'm telling you, those quiet moments are few and far between, even now that my kids are grown. Uh, you know, with my schedule and the demands, it just doesn't come. And if that's all, I those are the only times of the day where I can meet with him, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm not going to be able to access everything that we've been talking about in all of these episodes. I like how Tozer says it. Um, he says, many have found the secret of which I speak. And without giving much thought to what is going on within them, they constantly practice this habit of inwardly gazing upon God. They know that something, they know that something inside their hearts sees him. Even when they are compelled to withdraw their, their attention in order to engage in earthly affairs, which we all are, sometimes things just take our mind. There is within them a secret communion always going on. Let their attention be released from that earthly concern for a moment, and it flies once again to God. This has been the testimony of many Christians, he says, so many that I even hesitate to state it. So I have a feeling that we don't even possibly know how many have found this secret. Whatever I'm doing, as much as possible, keeping my attention to him. Now, again... Just that idea, you may say, well, that's not a simple shift. <laughs> that, that, uh, how am I supposed to be thinking of him all day? That's going to be hard. I won't even remember. I've got so many distractions, so many other things that tie up my mind. I can't, that sounds as overwhelming, JC, as, as everything else you were saying. But let me give you a simple little example that, that when I connected with it, I went, oh, wait a second. Wait a second. I can do this. I want you to think back, whether you're married or not, doesn't matter how old you are, what stage of life you're in. I'm guessing you know what it's felt like at one point or another to fall in love. Whether you're married to someone or not, you know what it's like 
to meet some person that just completely captures you. And your mind, I mean, think about it. What happens in that inward heart and mind when you are head over heels in love? Aren't you thinking about that person all day without even trying? Like you're carrying them with you. I was talking to my daughter the other day who is dating someone and, and right in the throes of this. And they are texting, I mean, constantly messaging and snapping. And, and she's just connecting with him all day. And I was teasing her. I'm like, you realize when I was dating dad, like we, we didn't even have cell phones to text. Like I couldn't talk to him all the day, the way you can stay connected with this guy all day. We just had to wait until the next time we could talk on the phone or go out. She's like, mom, I never thought of that before. But I was teasing her because she was, she was connected to this guy all throughout the day. And even if she wasn't on her phone, I mean, you know, you're thinking about them. You've, you're carrying them with you. You're thinking about their attributes and what you love about them. And, and it's just, it happens naturally. You don't have to set a reminder in your phone. Oh, I've got to text that person. I mean, what kind of marriage would I have if I have to remind myself to check in with my husband throughout the day? No, I adore that man. And so I'm thinking, oh, I got to text him. I got to tell him that I I'm reaching for him, thinking about him because I love him. I'm filled with that love. And so he is in my mind. He's part of my heart. It's that inward gaze. And so we've already experienced this falling in love with a human person. We know what it's like to become consumed with love for somebody and they're on your mind. It doesn't matter if you're at work, what you're doing. They're there. They're in your head all day. You're thinking about them. You don't say, oh, I don't have time to do that. It just happens, right? Now, what does God say? What does the Lord say is the greatest commandment? of all in Matthew 22. Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy mind and mind and strength. I mean, he tells us that over and over. Love me. Don't just serve me or follow me or believe in me. Although all those things are wonderful and part of the discipleship process, he wants us to love him. Because what happens when you love someone? You just give your life with, without it even feeling like a sacrifice. You're just, you're thinking of them all day. You're, you're just reaching out and trying all that you, every single way you can to connect with them. Listen to, to these words from Ezra Taft Benson. Those captained by Christ will be consumed in Christ. Their will is swallowed up in his will. Not only would they die for the Lord, but more important, they want to live for him. They have Christ on their minds as they look into him in every thought. They have Christ in their hearts as their affections are placed on him forever. In short, they lose themselves in the Lord and find eternal life. Losing ourselves in him. If we love him, we're not going to have to remind ourselves to think about him. It's just going to happen. I have to say, as he, as I began to turn my life over to him in the way that we've been talking about so far in this podcast, and as I began to reach for him as my rescuer to redeem me from the broken places that, and the, and the deep waters that I was drowning in, and as I began to reach for his hand and really began to experience what that rescue felt like, to see him lift me up and clean me off and, and clean me from the, the negative and destructive and broken places that I had been. 
it wasn't just liberating. Yes, it was so wonderfully liberating. Absolutely. It was so amazing to, to watch my life be set free from all of that bondage. But what happened, I mean, it was like Prince Charming had come and rescued me and this love for him began to just explode in my heart. I mean, he had just saved me and he still is in the process of saving me and, and the love that that's creating for him. It, it is causing me to be consumed in him, just addicted to him. <laughs> it's causing me to have that gaze of the soul. Every chance I can get, it's funny. I have this little x-ray room at work where I, I do some work in the dark and Actually, that was before we changed to digital x-rays and I would be in there in the dark um, developing. It was my little moment with him during the day. I know I was running around at my job doing other stuff throughout the shift, but whenever I got in that little dark room, I just took a moment. It is, it's like my little phone where I could get up and snap <laughs> like my daughter does with her guy. No, I just am looking for moments as much as I can throughout the day to just immerse myself, just awake those inner eyes to his love again, to just listen for his voice again, because I need it again today throughout the moments of, of whatever I'm doing to just reach for him, that inner gaze of the soul. It's just grown and grown the more that I've cultured it. It's just like the love for my husband has grown. My love for my savior has just exploded inside me because I'm, I'm coming to know him so much better. And, and he's just so deeply layered. And just when I think I have him figured out, I realize I'm just beginning to understand the depth and the wonder of who he is. But, but I will say even this, I, I have been at, at the opposite place earlier in my life where I remember sitting in my younger years and looking at a picture of him and thinking, who is that? Like who, who, I don't even know. Just feeling like so disconnected. And so if that's the place you're in where he has not yet become real to you, a real person whose voice you know and whose smile you can feel, whose gaze you can feel looking at you back in return as you gaze on him. If that's not yet your reality, that's okay. Well, most of us start in that place. The beautiful thing is that you can go to him and you can ask for it. You can just get on your knees and say, I don't think I love you yet the way I'm supposed to and the way I want to. And the way I know I need to, to truly abide in you and connect with you and, 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 and experience your deliverance. So if I don't feel it yet, help me, help me open my heart, fill me with a love for you. Show me what that looks like in the middle of my chaos, right in the middle of my to-do list. The way that I, we can love a human being right in the middle of the mess and on the middle of all of our other demands, it just fills us and, and filters into all the little moments of the day. The same thing can happen with Jesus Christ. Boy, and if that isn't how we abide in him, we live in him, we dwell in him, become consumed in him, and just that shift, we don't add anything else to our to-do list. We don't have to add any more hours in scripture. Granted, if you're not spending any hours in scripture, yeah, maybe it will. <laughs> maybe you will be in scripture more just because you want to hear his voice. There's nothing wrong with that. But if the, all you have is time to just bring him around with you all day in your mind, in your heart, to look to him, 
if there's a moment in traffic, maybe instead of cranking up the, 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 the iPhone, the music, maybe this time you just breathe and let that gaze of the soul settle on him and talk to him, reach out to him. This small shift changed everything for me. It's not overwhelming. Anyone can do it, even from a hospital bed. No matter where you are or what circumstances you may be in, you can look to him, gaze upon him, turn your heart's attention to him, and begin to come to know him. And he will revolutionize your sweet little soul. That is our podcast for today. That's one, it's really hard for me not to keep going because I can gush about this. Oh, how I love him. He really is our redeemer and deliverer in every way. And I hope you can rejoice in that today. Thank you so much for joining me.